All right. I'm uh, here with uh, my good friend. Not a good friend. <laughs> we just, we've met twice. <laughs> this is my second time meeting him, but this is uh, Rich Kamita. How you doing, Rich? Good. Good. Uh, Rich is a magician, right? Yes. <laughs> and uh, how long have you been uh, doing magic for? Uh, magic as a hobby about started in 91, so that puts it at about... 28 years, I guess now? Yeah, 28. 28 years of doing magic. uh, Almost as long as I've been alive. And then professionally, (laughs) I would say as a career, 15 years, 2004, yeah. Wow. No, that's amazing. That's, uh... So you you started... How old were you when you started? Uh, As a job, was there... Or doing... uh, I was in college... Your first magic trick was in college? Yes. And how does one go about just thinking about starting to do magic? For me, it was a friend of mine. I was in college, and uh, like any typical Asian kid, I think I heavily got into shooting pool as opposed to uh, you know, studying school. I was an undergrad at Carnegie Mellon and got seriously obsessed with playing pool. Kind of really? Probably failed out twice out of that school because of that. So Were you playing like in tournaments and stuff like that? Yes. Uh, and then yeah, I just got really obsessed with it. Uh, like anything, I think, you know, once I get my hands on something, I'm pretty obsessed about it. So Yeah. That's crazy. You're playing Wait, so um so you must have gotten to a pretty high level then, right? Not immediately. It took a while. I liked playing, and I kept playing, and then I played pretty well around 2000, I think. How long, uh, wait, how long did you play pool for? I think I stopped playing about 2001, I think. I, uh, like, hardcore playing. I mean, I can still play, but up until then, I was playing, you know, maybe some cash games once in a while, uh, but a lot of tournaments. I just love to just play tournaments and see how well I can do and just did pretty well uh, kind of uh, here in New York there's a thing I think it's still around called the Tri-State Tour which is like these semi-pro tour events where they're slightly handicapped so I won a couple of those events in about 2000 2001 so oh nice that's amazing so um, when did you know that you wanted to put the pull stick down how did you know it was time it was I didn't want to give it up but just at some point it's like the time you have to put into the practice you know at certain points I had a job where I can kind of you know spend a couple hours at a pool hall every night and it was okay but then I you know things a couple things changed I was helping my parents out with their restaurant and then uh, it just got hard to you know, make the time to play and if you want to play at a high level you got to be practicing every day just like anything in life you know and so stop playing pool and I guess the other thing about pool as opposed to doing magic is that uh, pool is a zero-sum situation. So someone wins, someone loses, or you both tie and nothing happens. Whereas Magic is kind of a win-win situation. If you do a good show, you know, everybody's having a fun time. Everybody wins. So uh, that's kind of part of why I started doing Magic. Plus, it's, you know, you don't have to rent a pool table to practice Magic. So <laughs> Yeah, if you think about it that way, because you don't... I'm assuming you're you're not winning every single tournament that you enter... And if you think about it that way, that's like half the time you're not winning a tournament and that kind of sucks, right? Yeah, I mean, only one person can win. It's like right. any of those like major like 
like one person singular sports like golf, tennis, you know, it's the same. Only one person can win. That's true. So it's hard. But then when you do uh, performance art, it's just like everyone's having fun. Yeah. This, this is not competitive at all. <laughs> stand-up comedy is the same way, you know. Everyone has, you know, if you kill a set, like everyone has a fun time, you know. Yeah, yeah. Do you think you can just move the mic a little, okay. little bit closer? Right. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um yeah, it's you. So you, yeah, as a performer, you understand what it's like to captivate an audience and have them by the palm of your hands. So at the age, so you started in college. What did you like? Were you doing pool and magic at the same time? I was probably doing more pool. For then, magic was more a hobby for me at that time. So, and then, I actually started getting more into magic because, well, because I was playing pool, I was like, okay, I'm going to stop playing. When I switched schools, I failed at a Carnegie Mellon twice and then <laughs> uh, it's nice they can laugh about that now <laughs> my parents can hopefully laugh about that too the money they spent at my tuition there uh what was the thing oh so i was like i should do i need like i just can't do school by itself so i need like another hobby or something just so you know i need some downtime you know so at that point that's when i decided to do magic i figured oh you know what i can study, work on a car chick or something for a little bit of time, and then I can go back to studying, whereas if I want to go play pool, you know, you don't just spend, like, an hour at a pool hall. It's not like you have one drink of alcohol at a bar, so it, I wouldn't lose as much time, so I'm a bit more productive and did finish my engineering degree at Stevens Tech in New Jersey. Nice. So, um, did you eventually finish your degree, or you just said, f- oh, you yeah, did? I you did. did. Okay. And did you try to pursue a degree, I mean, uh, pursue a career in engineering? Yeah. Uh, I did work for some uh, companies doing engineering work, I guess. Uh, but I guess if I knew what I knew now, one of those things, just like I was good at maybe doing the technical things, the side of that, but not so much like the office politics side of stuff. And, yes. Yeah. yeah. So. Thank you. Uh, I just never really got... Thank you. Uh, never got really comfortable with that, and just I think that was my downfall. And also, uh, I will say I was probably struggling with depression back then. You know, just a lot of stuff. Uh, uh, it's kind of behind me now, but it, yeah, I was probably that probably held me back and kind of screwed up a couple of things in my you know career. Yeah, it's. Uh, I feel like I I had a corporate job for eight years. So I understand, and I've had the issue with the office politics also. That's like that was the biggest issue, and I think it's just the creative types. We just want to say what's on our mind and and uh, do what needs to be done, or like you know. And but we have our own way of doing it, and it's not always the way that management likes or wants. I'm sure you probably had attitude issues, right, or something. Yeah, I was just you know figured if I work hard, things happen, but it. That wasn't always the case, so... You uh, have to be slick about things. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you also have to learn how to read the room, and now, back then, I couldn't do that. But I think I'm a bit smarter now in terms of uh, being able to like, case the situation. About. Not perfect at it, but... And now, I don't let things bother me as much. Yeah, it's experience. Yeah. So, throughout that engineering stint, you were still doing magic? Yeah, it was more of a hobby back then, but, yeah. you know... Uh, the entire time, I was always uh, love to read magic books. I probably have – it's one of the things I use when I perform is that I probably really do have about mm, 
I never know. I haven't, one of these days, I have to figure out, take a exact inventory, but I probably do have a couple hundred, like six or 800 books on magic. Wow. And what so, yeah. <laughs> Holy, wow. Yeah, I think that collection who, is going to be worth something if I pass away. So. Who is the, uh, who, I guess, get down to it, who who are some of your biggest inspirations, like top top three? Uh, I guess, I mean, everyone will probably say this guy. Uh, Di Vernon, he was a magician, lived from early 1900s to about, I think he passed away in 91. So he kind of had this whole idea of just being like natural and really had a different idea, mindset, and kind of revolutionary with the way magic was performed. And some of his, I actually do some of his pieces and some of, to this day, you know, a lot of his thinking philosophy is still current with magicians today. What kind of magic did he do? What was he, he focused on? did more... Uh, card, card. I did a little bit of most of close up, but he also did uh, a stage performance here in New York. Uh, but he, interesting enough, as creative as he was, suffered from like a lot of stage fright. So, you know, sometimes he had other people do his act for him. You know, it was interesting. He had like uh, body doubles. Not a body double, but but new, basically just someone else perform it. Someone else who could do his act. Interesting. I mean, that's so crazy that uh, you you can think of the idea and then performing it is the biggest problem. I guess is that is that ever an issue? I'm sure there's been times where your performance, the times where like things have flubbed on stage. Of course, oh, right? Tons of times. I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, you probably had the same thing. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, but no, not everything goes your way. But you figure out what you did wrong, you move on from it, you know. Sometimes it's fun, I think. Well, so what, was your, what was your first trick? What was the first thing you attempted to do? I think I uh, went to the magic shop and I bought... So the, actually, let me just step, take a step back. Is that, so when I was at Carnegie Mellon, there was a friend of mine uh, who was doing magic back then. So he would do things when we were hanging out, you know, waiting either at a tournament or something. Uh, so I watched him do stuff, and I was like, hey, I can shoot pool, he shoots pool, I could probably do this as well. So I uh, went to a magic shop and picked up, I think my first purchase, I still remember, was just a regular pack of cards, a trick pack of cards, and a book on card tricks was my very first purchase. Nice. So you practiced with that for a while. Did you, like, did you just focus on that, or did you try some? Did you immediately like buy another set of something else, like trying different things? I think I probably went through the book and tried some of the stuff out. But then, you know, go back to the shop, maybe pick up some more books. There are some guys who are like, oh, get this book, you know, and you know they were right. You know, they recommended some good books to me, and they tried to learn this stuff from there. And then at some point, oh, one of the cool things about being in New York is. There's like a hangout at Magicians. Uh, still goes on to this day. I don't go oh, as really? often. Yeah. So it used to be in uh, Delicatessen on 38th and Madison. It was called Rubens. It's no longer there. I think there's like a diner there now. And so guys would just hang out there and, you know, just do tricks or just talk about magic the entire time. Magicians from out of town would stop in because, you know, it's been going on since back... I'd say back to the 1930s and so it's 1930s? still going... 1930s? Yeah. Holy shit! So it's like and this. Uh, how many? How many people attend? How many people do you think show it up? Varies. I think now it's dwindled down because they've moved on a couple of times. So I think usually they get about 
15, maybe 20 people if it's kind of busy. I haven't go as much. 15, 20 magicians? Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a pretty small event then. Wow. There's there's only that few? Well, it's not that there's that few. It's just that's how many guys show up like show every up week. For the yeah. Thing. Okay. And oh, wait, it's every week? Every week, yeah. Oh, I thought this was like once a year thing. No. So. Oh, once a week. And you're part of that? Uh, so I used to hang out with the guys, you know, and just sit around and just watch, you know. And basically just, like, learn from each other. It was basically, yeah. is that, that's like the open mic for uh, comedians. I mean, for magicians, right, sort of? I wouldn't say that. I mean, I could, but I really wasn't doing anything there. I was just kind of just watching. And uh, there were some older guys, and they just asked them for more advice and, you know. I'm working on this thing. What should I look at? And, you know, they point me and, you know, tell me what books to look at or which oh, magicians, okay. you know. To, and this was, like, before YouTube, so it was kind of hard to, like, study stuff. Yeah. Oh, my God. The kids must have it so easy nowadays, right? I, I think they do. But I think there's the flip side to that. There's so much information in there that you kind of don't know what's good and what's bad. Whereas my That's generation true. learned mainly from books and when I was starting to learn, videos were just becoming a new medium, a medium to and learn And it was from. like people who really cared about magic would write a fucking book about it, you know? <laughs> like, they put a lot of time and effort into probably making that perfect. That is a problem with, like, YouTube nowadays where it's just the, the amount of content is great, but how much of it is actually good? Sturgeon's Law. Yeah. You know, 90% yeah. of everything is crap, so... <laughs> That's what I'm beginning to realize. A lot of like, I practice Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and so I watch a lot of a lot of jiu-jitsu videos online. And I'm watching like a random guy from like the middle of nowhere, and I'm just like, I don't know if this is like good instruction. You know, he has a black belt on, but like, I don't know who this guy is, and like, this could be a complete shit technique. I don't know, but anyways, so, um. You've been doing magic for so during that time after your engineering career, you focused only on magic after that, or what were you focused on after the engineering stuff? So I did that. Helped my parents at a restaurant here in New York, and so I helped work at the restaurant. And then uh, as like a waiter? No, it's kind of manager. I sucked at that job. I mean, if I if I like I said, if I knew now, I think. I could do – if it was now, I'd probably be doing a better job. But I still kind of just, just trying to figure out what I want to do in life. So what happened was I was doing that and then uh, the magic shop that I go to changed or in the, uh, changed hands and actually somehow knew the owner through like an old job from like back in high school. Uh, his parents owned the job that I worked at in high school working in an art supply store. And so I had like a brief like kind of just, you know, degree of separation with him. And then uh, the magic shop moved at some point. So uh, when they were moving, he asked me if I wanted to come on and so and work at the shop. And I was like, well, the pay was okay. But uh, to a degree, I was like, well, here's an opportunity to do what I want to do for a living. And, you know, if I fail, I fail. And, you know. At least I won't have that regret of not trying it, so I figured. And then just kind of things turned a corner and just haven't really looked back since. Wow. That's amazing. So you just worked at the store as like a regular employee, just doing employee stuff? 
yeah, I'm still there now. Oh, okay. Yeah, but wow. I do less. I do since because I do have the engineering degree. I help out more with the bookkeeping, kind of the back office stuff. I do that kind of stuff now. What is the biggest thing you sell there? <sighs> biggest? Uh, like, what's what do people go there mainly to buy? Tricks. Tricks. Yeah. It's still there. Nice. Uh, I mean, you're doing basically. Are Are there a lot of like? Uh, is there a new wave of like magicians coming in? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, things are different. I think uh, what's probably the biggest thing in so much magic would be that there's a, a – when it first came out, people were a bit dismissive of it. But now it's kind of something you know real and to be dealt with and is cardistry where just guys don't really so much do tricks, but they do like these fancy flourishes with a pack of cards. And I guess the reason why old school magicians or the older generation – stayed away from it because now with that you're just flaunting skill you're just showing how good you are it's where if you're really you know the magician you kind of want to hide that skill and so you can kind of use that to do whatever you know you need to do but once they know you're good at it you kind of a little bit like the cat out of the bag and say well he's good with his hands and he can do anything so right so a lot of it is a little bit more flashy than technical nowadays i see i can yeah it is it is a performance, so I guess people are just trying to get the biggest reaction they could get, probably, right? Something along those lines. To I mean, there is an audience for that. There's you know I I guess the two biggest magicians that became mainstream was David Blaine and Chris Angel. Very different styles. Um, watching Chris Angel was so weird. That was so weird. It was just like, what is going on right now? <laughs> like, like, I guess there were cool tricks, but it was just like, oh, I was not expecting that, yeah. you know? And then David Blaine was more just like, oh, mind-blowing. Um, I guess what 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 uh, out of the two styles did you prefer of those two? I guess what David does, David Blaine does. And for a while, uh, I struggled with the guy just doing, you know, him doing his stuff and... He would just kind of have a very bare-bones presentation. He wouldn't really build too much of it up. And I always thought that was not bad. Or I thought you could always add more. But my take on it now is that I think he just highlighted what the important parts of Magic were at the time. Because he's kind of – I thing he brought to the table was when he shot his early specials, like he focused on doing close-up Magic and then – Showing the reaction of the people watching it. And that was kind of, I think, just a total game changer. And so... Is uh, performing in front of black people the best thing ever? <laughs> you, you, you're going to get some great reactions. You're just going to get some, you know... Cause <laughs> they have the best reactions to magic. It's a different, you know, oh, I guess, shit. culture. So, you know, they're, they'll tell you what's going on and they'll react. And if, you know, and those are sincere, I don't think anything's overdone. I think those are just sincere reactions. And, you know, if, if you did it, them versus a bunch of Asian people who, like, just, you know, who just slightly clap. And you know, sometimes you yeah, get, they you get, get a some, smile yeah. from their face. Like, dude, do you realize I just blew your fucking mind right now? Like, come on, give me, give me a little bit more. Oh, that's so funny. It's just like comedy, man, where it's just like. You got a killer joke, and it's just a table full of Asian people. And it's like, God, you, why are you being the worst people right now? Like, 
likely shows some sort of emotion. Oh, that's funny. Um, how long did it take you to become like professional and start like? Was it at that point when you started working at the store? That's when it's basically yeah. you're living off of magic, pretty much. So I did that, and also in been there for a long. Was it about two years after that? I started working at a restaurant called Ninja New York downtown. I'm still there. Worked there last night. So you're doing close-up magic, going from table to table, and I've been doing that for say so that's 14 years now. I th- okay. I'm. 2006-ish, I think I started. Yeah, so about 13 years there, 13, 14 years there as well. Wow. And so uh, are you basically just book yourself around the country to Not perform? Yet. Um, I'm still... More local? More local. And kind of want to start making that big leap. I last couple years, I've focused on being a better performer, I've uh, been doing improv for the last three years. Oh, okay. And then uh, started taking acting classes about half a year ago. So that's Just to get the like more performance aspect of it down? Yeah, I think one of the interesting things I've learned from doing acting is that I thought, oh, acting, you learn the lines and you figure out how you're going to say it dramatically and you know, it looks great on stage. And I found that it's completely different where acting, it's like just you learn the lines you kind of have to be in the moment. You can't plan too much of it. it you, of course, you know the lines and you know what's going to happen, but you can't make it seem it was planned. Like if you telegraph what's going to happen, then, you know, it's not a good performance. Yeah. Um, stage acting is so different. It's like it's a real – the fact that they're able to like morph into whatever they need to be, it's kind of like – it's kind of freaky when you see a good one. But, yeah, similar, man. Similar to comedy where it's like – uh, like a a comedian wouldn't really they can do comedic roles but telling a comedian to do like a dramatic role is way different is <laughs> you get a stage actor to do like a comedy role or like a dramatic role they can like switch between the two effortlessly you know I, I think I'm not sold on that theory I think comedic actors can do serious stuff as well like, yeah, I think I think they can, but I think the overwhelming majority of them, um, I think it would be harder than a stage actor. Because I'm biased because I took improv for such a long time, and so yeah, I mean that well, a lot of comedians don't do improv either. They don't like take any improv class. I never taken an improv class. I don't know if that's good or bad or whatever, but. Um, but I know if I was put into like a dramatic role, I'd probably suck at it. <laughs> I think I'm just talking about myself, basically, okay. <laughs> at this point. I'm just basically tell- telling everybody that I'm a horrible actor. <laughs> I'm good at like smiling and saying, hey, what's up? You know, just like nothing too big. Well, now you got to take an acting class and get better at it. Yeah. So uh, what are the venues that you usually perform at? Where, where are you usually performing? And how often are you performing per week? So one, uh, so Ninja New York, I'm usually there Friday and Saturday. So I'll go table to table and just do just short sets, five, maybe five, six minutes at each table, about 20 some odd times a night. Oh, wow. So That's a lot of practice, though. It's a lot of reps. Yeah, you're getting just tons and tons of reps in. So I think the challenge for me with that is sometimes you're saying the same thing for like, 
thousandth time, you know. One of my opening lines for a joke is, I've done this card trick 13,874 times. <laughs> it's still pretty interesting. Yeah. And so how do I keep that fresh? And there's some other canned jokes. Not canned, but some regular lines I use. And I just, you know, just see, kind of feel it out, not so much say it like I've said it like at the previous table. So you got to keep it fresh. Is Do you think that's... Do you think it's a little too much? Do you think it's like a little burnout? I think the challenge of, you know, I think it's great that I can do it over again. Sometimes I'm now trying to push myself to, like, find new material to work on as well. So, you know. How much material would you say you have right now? Like, what's the longest set you've done? So, close-up-wise, I don't really do. Close-up sets are pretty short. I do, uh, well, the other thing that I do is I do magic at the Broadway Comedy Club. I do a matinee show there once a month. And oh, nice. I did get some dates. I was just texting my producer if I could mention them today. Yeah, sure. So uh, the next shows I have are July 27th, August 24th, and September 28th. And it's at the Broadway Comedy Club. Yeah, check them out over at our Broadway Comedy Club. Also managed, uh, who I ran into was uh, Brian Kim, was also at the show we did together. Oh, nice. So he was like the house manager. It was kind of cool running into my, uh, there once in a while. Nice. Yeah, Brian Kim's funny. He's a good guy. Do, you, do uh, people ever confuse you two? No. <laughs> Not yet. People have confused me with Brian Kim. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't say that because you look like Brian Kim. I say that because... People generalize Asian people. <laughs> you have the same last name as Brian, but I wouldn't say you guys. That's true. Your last name is way different yeah. from mine. So, um. oh, so there I do more of a just an hour straight magic show. You know. Oh wow! Full okay. hour of material, and so I've been doing that show for a couple of years now, and it's kind of interesting when I look back at some of the early shows and like, oh my god. It, think back at how not bad but you know i guess i look at it how much better things have gotten better and still i still find things i need to work on still drop the ball on a couple of things here and there but just it's what's what's the latest thing on your mind of like i need to do that a little bit better let's see Just to be more polished, to just rehearse some of the stuff a little bit more. Some of it, <laughs> are you doing like twenty reps a night? <laughs> uh, so some of the stuff I do in that show, I don't get to do as often. So That's true. It's different material. That's the stuff I do in the restaurants. More close-up material. So is it more like yeah, just just card tricks and stuff like that? Yeah, uh, or coin tricks, or the cups and balls, or you know. By the way, if you want some, you can take uh, some at any point. I'm good. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Let's pause it for like. Two minutes. Okay. All right. We're back. I was watching that Rich the entire time during the interview. He was trying to sneak a bite in. <laughs> and then I just kept asking him questions. But, um, yeah. So, are you liking this venue, by the way? Hmm? Are you liking this venue? Yeah, I've been here before. I know this place has been around for ages. Yeah. Are you a fan of, um, are you a fan of stand-up in general? Right now, I think I... If I watch anything, it's more improv because I do improv. And so I like to go watch, uh, you know, The Pit, get to see shows out there. Yeah. Um, like, because the reason I ask that is because we've met, we met at a comedy club, the Friars Club. 
Um, it was more. Well, were you the? Was it all stand-up comedians, and then were you the only I was different the only one? Non-comedian magician. Yeah. Though, so. Does that happen? Like, uh, does that happen often for you? Mm, yeah, I think. Well, not. I've done that before. I think uh, this is going back a couple years. Uh, do you know Tom Hudson? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he remember him booking me in my show. He had me close out a show or two for him. So just doing magic at the end, just all stand-ups, and I would close out the show. Yeah, that's probably a good way to end it. Um, actually, I don't know. I think having a magician put in there at any point is... <laughs> like, I'm a fan of magic, so I don't mind. It's like, And I just started... I didn't realize how much I liked magic until I think like like I never was like growing up. I would never describe myself as a magic fan to someone if they're like, "Oh, what are your interests?" But then I realized like, oh, anytime like magic comes up, like I'm I'm down to watch it. <laughs> like I'm I'm totally in for it. But I don't watch a lot of live. Like where where are some really good places to watch it live in, in New York City? Uh, besides coming to see me at the Broadway Comedy Club, <laughs> another good yes. venue is actually uh, two doors from down from where we are right now. Monday Night Magic, they have a show every Monday. So, what way here yeah. on McDougal Street? Uh, Players Theater, run on the corner of this block. Oh wait, how often do they have it? It's every Monday. Every Monday, and they have some good comedians rolling. Uh, magicians. It's all, it's I mean, I mean, thing. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry, magicians. Yeah. Um, and are they like traveling magicians or some some of the guys are local and if someone's coming through uh, either international or from around you know, around the corner, where is the mecca for comedy? I mean, I keep saying comedy uh, yeah. for magic. Is it? I've heard you know they had that convention in Las Vegas, right, for a while. There's yeah, there's a big convention now in Vegas every August, uh, but I'd say. The Magic Castle in L.A. is probably like a nice venue you want to work at at some point in your career. That's kind of my to-do list. That's been around since the 1960s, and they do close-up magic. They have magic behind the bar. They have like a parlor-style show, and they have a stage show. They have like all different kinds of magic going on. How many uh, magicians are performing every night there? Because they have like these different venues, I'd say maybe up to about a dozen Oh, that's so a lot. Different of types magicians. of magic you can watch there. Whoa, yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot going on at once. And I guess they just like recruit the top magicians from yeah, across the book, country. Yeah, they'll try and get the best talent they can, of course. Um, any familiar names that we would know, like the regular person would know, that's performed there. That's a good question. I guess. Derek Hughes would be up there. I know he probably uh, he moved actually moved to Minnesota, so I don't know if he works there. He used to live in L.A. And would they pay well? They pay okay. It's not you're not you're not going to work that place for the money. It's more the prestige of you know. It's nice to have, especially if you're from out of town. It's nice to have that on you know on your resume. Yeah, so. is that like a, do you get like offered like a little residency to be there for like a little while, like two weeks or something like that? You just do a week. You just do a week? Yeah. Guys, most guys, everyone does like a week out there. So whatever venue, if you're working the close-up room, the parlor room, or the stage show, you're going to do a whole week out there. Nice. That's a good setup. Um, so I guess you just, uh, do you have to like send in a tape or something like that? Probably, yeah, real. So I'm working on stuff for that myself right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, 
It's the most annoying part, I think, is like getting the reel, having it edited and whatnot, or whatever you need, and it's a process. It sucks, but it's what needs to be done. So, how often are you working on new material as opposed to just performing your older stuff? I get there probably a little bit every day, depending on what it is. Sometimes it's a new technique. Sometimes it's just doing research for a trick. And sometimes you see something and you're inspired. Like, oh, yeah, I remember I used to do something like that. Why did I stop doing it? Let's start doing it again. You know, Are there um, – now, are you referring to, like, older tr- car tricks? Or are you referring to, like – I know you do, like, a lot of the ring stuff. Um, are there other things that I didn't see on that show that you do? I do, like, a fun comedy escape where – I get handcuffed and I escape out of a jacket. Like a straight jacket? No, just a regular jacket. <laughs> okay. A regular, like, uh, zip-up jacket? Some, some uh, no, just a regular, like, blazer, you know. Okay. Nice. But you get out of the handcuffs. And how long does that take you? Does someone, does someone time you? Yeah, I don't even know. I'm not really going for time. I'm just trying to get out of it. But there's some funny bits of things that happen without giving too much of the ending away. Oh, okay. You got to go to Broadway Comedy Club to get the or, reveal the magic. <laughs> or uh, another venue that I work at, I think um, there in August would be uh, another good place, not as expensive as uh, Monday Night Magic, but it's called uh, Magic at Coney. So there's the Coney Island Museum. And so there's like about an hour and a half show with a uh, different lineup every week hosted by my friend Gary Dreyfus and go there about usually once a month or once every other month uh, to do like about 20 minutes out there nice and what is uh, what is the latest thing you've been working on is it a car trick is it the rings is it uh, something a new stunt that you haven't done before I wouldn't say it's so much new. I guess playing around with a new. I guess the newest thing for me, just playing around with a new philosophy towards performing magic, is to, and I think it's from taking improv and acting classes, and it's just to kind of be in the moment. And like as far as technique with the deck of cards, I've been doing for such a long time that some of it's just you know I could do it without thinking. But now. Uh, just kind of, like I said, being in the moment. So uh, actually last night I was doing uh, at a table card trick for a kid and his, and his mom. And to let the kid pick a card, he puts it back in the deck. And the kid's like, oh, I know how this is done. And I'm like, oh, okay, good. Then you're going to do it. And yeah. then he, all of a sudden he backed off and he's like, no, I no, no, no. I was kidding. I didn't know how to do it. Like, no, no, seriously, you're going to do it. You said you knew how to do it. And then he kind of backpedals and then... So during the whole trick, I'm just kind of laying into him for like, you know, saying that. And that was just kind of a spur of the moment, like in the moment thing. I was just like, oh. Yeah, okay. work in the crowd. Yeah. You, you want to, you know, you want to bring that up? Okay, we'll, we'll have fun, fun with it. And it just, I thought it was like a fun just set and a fun moment. You know, the mom, she's watching her son squirm, you know, because he lied about something, you know, and it didn't yeah. turn out to be true. Yeah. And his mom even pushed him on that at the end. So I thought that was... Uh, a yeah, fun when moment. you got when you got good crowd work going, you're feeling uh, the energy between you know you and whoever you're performing with. That's good. Yeah, so it's more about 
finding that connection with like whoever you're performing for. Because I think the skill is always going to be there and the magic is always going to be there. But if you can just find that connection with the audience, I think then they'll remember you. And you know, I think that's probably the most important thing. Because it's not just some guy who did card tricks. Or it's, some, it's more like that guy you know, who was having fun with us. And so very like friendly, familiar feel to it. So Yeah, yeah. I do, yeah. I appreciate like when you see a lot of street magic, and you can make someone you just met instantly just be like, "Oh, holy shit!" Or like, and then you automatically have that moment of like, "Oh fuck, you we experienced this!" Like, but you know, you've been playing with them all along. I think magic in- inherently. I think even if it's kind of like. Well, if you have a great trick in, in a so-so performer, even a great trick done by an okay performer will still look great. I think that's part of magic where it can prop up a mediocre performer. But if you're a great performer and you're doing a great piece of magic, I think that's where you know things really start to take off. Do you ever do the kind of magic where you just like go up to people and like, hey, do you want to see a card trick? I can, but it's kind of an awkward position to put yourself into that being said i think i should be doing more of myself just to just throw myself out there and just dive into the deep end in the pool and just figure out how to get out of it from there yeah i think that would i mean um like washington square park is filled with people and people are always doing shit around there like people are always performing around there a lot of back in the day comedians would perform in that that fountain too yes so, um, I don't know. I've always, uh, I've always respected the fact that when magicians could do that, just like walk up to a random person, just immediately start like wowing them. It's crazy. Um, so you think that's, that's a future plan of yours, maybe? <laughs> I want to run with it. Not so much because I need the money, but I just want to just, you know, like I said, well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do it for money, right? It was more like mind, the experience of just like kind of fucking around. But having a, you know, just a bucket or a box, if, you know. That's true. Get, get some tips. <laughs> hard to get some extra money. But yeah. I, I think more important, the experience of just, you know, and, and ex- like in anything, experience is more key than anything else, I think. That's true, man. That's true. So, yeah. So, basically, you have the technical aspects. Now, it's more of like the performing aspects of it. And so that's why I started, like I said, improv and acting classes. Just feel like every time I go into a class, I'm still picking up new things. I, uh, what's fun for me is I'll, I'll take an improv or an acting class. And then uh, well, actually for improv, it was just, my, just a while grinding it out. But the acting, I think more I'll go into class and the teacher will make notes and I'll be like, oh, okay, I, I know how I can use this now. So... It, it's fun when you can walk, you know, walk out of class and like, okay, next time I do this routine, I can add this aspect of it or something I didn't think about before. Isn't it amazing that like when you find something you like, you can you actually want to learn about it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my god! For years, I don't. Did you feel about this way in like engineering where you're just like, I, I wasn't meant to do this. Like this is not what I'm supposed to do. I guess I just never found the same comfort level with engineering as I did with magic. I mean, I always just curious. Uh, I, mean, I did go to a good high school. I went to Stuy here in the city. And uh, it was something, you know, math was probably one of my strongest skills, even though I didn't really do well in calculus when I 
got to college. <laughs> uh, You're doing the typical Asian thing. Yep. Yep. We've all been there. Makes sense. And, um, but it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of balls to, uh, to leave a secure job, take up, I'm sure, a, a huge downgrade of pay to do magic. And, um, do you live in New York City? Live in Queens. Queens? So, yeah. You live by yourself? Yep. That's Pimp Man. That's <laughs> Ladies, hit him up. He lives by himself. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the fact that you're doing it, dude. You're doing it, doing what you want to do. That's amazing. Um, so what do you think are, like, what's your next biggest uh, goal right now that you're trying to... What's been on your mind? Like, what's, what's, I guess what's the plan? getting my website up and maybe just booking more stuff. You don't have a website? Uh, uh, yeah, which uh, needs to be worked on, which was kind of my goal for today, which I didn't get to because I was rehearsing some stuff. So I'm going to message you every day until you have a website. Rich, you've been in this business for how long? Well, I have a website. It just hasn't been updated since forever, so that's more of it. <laughs> Upcoming performances yeah. in 1996. <laughs> yeah, like 2000, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, uh, I do have some other. Oh, I, I do have one other side. Uh, actually, two side projects that I can kind of talk about. Nothing's really going on with them right now. Uh, one is uh, it just kind of just grew into it. So when I started doing improv, I wanted to somehow put a show together doing magic and improv in the same show. And so I, I had a show like that, and I did it like two or three times. But and I know some guys who are magicians and improvisers, but trying to get everyone together for the same time for you to, it's just that was kind of the, the stumbling block how, how many people was it uh, were four maybe five four uh-huh. or five guys so we do magic and then do improv scenes in between the magic tricks and like I said it just got a little tricky just everyone had different schedules and then just took a step back and then my friend Lee Allen Barrett who is actually the magician who introduced me to the idea of doing improv mm-hmm. uh just said he's also a magician so i was like oh just maybe just do it with the two of us so we've done some shows we did the improv fest at the pit back in march so and we also work together so we know each other we actually you know we're good friends we have lunch all the time so do you guys perform together also like on uh, stage once in together? a while yeah uh that show in coney island we'll do shows together once in a while oh wow so you like choreograph um things together too yeah we have uh, some fun bits that we do where I'll be trying to do a card trick, and he just messes up my card trick for me. But it's—I uh, think it's—I have a lot of fun doing it. So nice, nice. That must be, that must be a lot of fun collaborating with another magician to work on something together. You don't see that often in comedy. No, this is usually not a comedian. Actually, David Tell. You ever see that thing on Netflix of um, Bumpy Mikes? Oh yeah, yeah. That's probably like the closest thing we have <laughs> we have to that. Um, that's cool, man. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I've learned is getting older, learning to collaborate with people. And I think being a magician, sometimes you just, you're so used to working by yourself, but there's so much stuff you kind of have to do as a performer. You're writing your own stuff, you're performing all the own stuff. On top of that, you know, if you're smart, you should have a director because you don't always know what's, you can't watch yourself perform. So you need like another set of eyes to do that. It's, so I'm learning just that. 
you know, you got to yeah. work with other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, work with your coworkers, right? Iron sharpens iron. Um, what do you think of those magic shows on TV? What What is your opinion on these shows? Which shows? Don't any? they? There's like one show with uh, like um, Penn and Teller where the like judges of magicians were. I don't know what the show is called. Oh, but it's called uh, Penn and Teller Fool Us. Yeah, 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 yeah. So basically, the premise of the show is that these guys will come out and do magic for uh, Penn and Teller, and they have the fool. Them. Fool them exactly. And I think that's you can either. I think you can either do that. One of two ways, and it's usually either or for the for the most. I think for the most part, is where you can do a piece of magic that's really like that'll just fool them. But sometimes, if you come up with an idea and you really haven't workshopped before, it's hard to make it entertaining. So the idea might fool them, but maybe the entertainment value might not. I mean, as far as after the fact, after you fool them, maybe it's tough to make it engaging. But then there's also guys, I think, if the, sometimes they just do stuff that they do all the time. And it may not fool them, but it'll be entertaining. And, you know, these guys walk away with, like, a nice reel of having been on TV. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, that's probably a big credit in the magic world to be on te- television or something like that. That'd be awesome. Um, and there are a lot of, like, good magicians on that show. Like, yeah. it's not... Amateur in any any way. No, the guys then they're pretty good. And a lot of you know. Have you heard? I mean, like, are they people that you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. some. Yes, I know some of the guys who've been you know friends with some of the people, or hung out with some of the guys who've been on the show over right. the years. How about uh, America's Got Talent? I know there's a lot of magicians on that. Um, do you think a lot of it is like too much, like what we're talking about, too much like performance and not enough technical aspects, or do you think it's you think those magicians are legit? These are like. Uh, I think. The guy I thought really liked, and uh, I mentioned his name earlier before, Derek Hughes, who's just a guy who's you know who cut his teeth in comedy clubs and does a lot of college shows, and you know right. he's out there working. Uh, I, mean, I mean, all the, the guys who like a couple years ago we had like three guys at the end uh, finalists. I think those guys are really good. Uh, who's the, I forgot? Uh, There's that work. Asian guy that was oh like, Shin Lim, yeah, yeah Shin Lim. He he was like. He killed it, right? He won yeah. it, and then he like won another season of it, or something. There's the right? master, level, like the champion yeah. of the champions, champions. Yeah. yeah, right. That's crazy. He's a lot of performance, so it's a lot of like the smoke comes out of his mouth and stuff. It's like <laughs> I guess some of some of it looks a little corny, but is it, it is impressive. A lot of it is very impressive. Um, that's crazy, though. They, I, I guess. Do a lot of magicians stay in Las Vegas for, like, residencies and stuff? I know there's, like, a few of those comments. Yeah, I'm trying to, to remember the guy's uh, – oh, God, I can't remember his name. The guy who actually won America's Got Talent before Shim Lim did, he's got a residency out in Vegas right now. I know David Copperfield has a residency. It's so funny. Like, my wife wanted to take me to a David Copperfield show. Have you ever been to uh, one of his shows? It's been about a couple years. I think maybe about 10 years ago I saw a show at the MGM. Did, did you like it? Yeah, it was good. It was a good it was show. It good? Yeah. So, what, how long ago was that? I'm going to say around 2006-ish, I think. 2006? Yeah. So, maybe in the recent years. Um, so, my wife was going to buy tickets, but then she heard that recently He's just been, like, phoning it in. He's just, like, really tired. 
of just like performing in Vegas, like probably the same act or whatever. Maybe I don't know. I don't know how much he varies his stuff, but that's kind of depressing to hear, right? Like, <laughs> I think he's he's paid his dues. I mean, yeah, know, he uh, in some ways, you know, maybe he should retire, but. If he still wants to perform, he should perform. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just funny that like the idea of someone who's an amazing magician but just doesn't care anymore. He's just like he's like here are these amazing tricks, and <laughs> it blows your mind. But he's like dead inside. <laughs> yeah, maybe I just probably just wants to do it, but I, I'm not. Maybe sure. he's just tired. I mean, he's probably he's been at that residency for so long. Yeah, I saw. I was. I was in Las Vegas recently, and he's still there. It's probably just ridiculous money, right? Like, yeah, I don't think he needs to work again. But <laughs> I think it's just the fact that I don't know if you something to do during his yeah. day. I think, right? Just like got to stay alive doing something. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't mind being a miserable multimillionaire. <laughs> I would love to have those problems. Being like. Getting on stage in front of people for millions of dollars and being tired of it. Sure, I'll take the millions <laughs> at that point. Oh, man. So, do you were there any points in your comedy career where you felt like, I don't know if I should do this. I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. I wouldn't say I never really thought about giving up I think more just like uh, be nice to be doing better but at the same time I think you don't want to get caught up in saying well I you know worked harder than so and so and they're doing well so why am I not doing well yeah you think it's just your own personal battle you can't I think that's you're asking for trouble you start comparing yourself to other people I'm I'm getting by and I'm you know able to just support myself Barely, not barely, but you know, not, I'm not killing it, but I am, you know, doing okay. So now it's just a matter for me just to see what can I do to get to the next level. And so, like I said, just study, read, you know, I think if the day that comes where I don't really feel like learning anything, I think that's what would scare me most or I'm content and I'm just like, no, I don't want to do it. I think, no, I've never hit that point where, but still... Uh, then I then, then I think I you know want to be be afraid or would think about yeah, giving. You it still up. got that drive in you to keep yeah. doing it, yeah. But through all those years of doing doing magic, did it? I'm sure there are points that weighed on you, just like man, I could have had like a nice fluffy career, just like kept doing engineering. But ultimately, you know now you're probably happier doing this. This is like. Yeah, I mean, it's like the road not taken, so grass could be greener on the side, but, you know, I'm happy doing what I like to do, so... Yeah, that's all that really matters, man. Do you hope to travel more doing magic, or do you want to stay more... Do you, do you not mind just staying local, or do you want to eventually I'm, I'm start... I'm open to anything. You know, whatever opportunity that comes in my way, I'm willing to take it, so... Yeah. Well, I, I wish you the best of luck on that. Hopefully, you can get that reel down, start... Uh, probably send you to bookers around the country um what was that magic club in la that oh, the oh, magic castle magic castle so that's one of your goals right um 
Yeah, man. I wish you the best of luck on all that. How long has it been? Yeah, we're probably at that point. You probably got to head out soon, right? Yeah. Yeah, so thank you so much, Rich. Really appreciate you doing the podcast. Thanks for having me here, John. Yeah, and uh, plug in whatever you want to plug. Maybe your Instagram, your Facebook. I guess, yeah. Uh, not Instagram and Twitter. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, uh, which is just my name, Rich Kamana. That's R-I-C-H-K-A-M-E-D-A. So that's my Instagram and my Twitter. Uh, and then I guess oh the other project, the Two Man Improv Show, uh, a magic show is uh, Two Jokers in Every Deck, which is a fun name. And then the other project that I'll just say a couple words about is a show that I wrote for a fringe festival called Interment Cat Magic Show. So basically, it was about uh, I know someone who was in internment camp, and he actually knew a magician who was in the camp. So basically, wrote a show about well, what if there was a magician in internment camp? <laughs> And, uh, yeah, just with all this thing with the politics going on, I kind of feel like i got to bring that show back. And I kind of did bring it back. I started with that in mind. But it just felt like with the current, like, government that things just got too real. So, but uh, In this see, political climate yeah, right now, it's a little hot topic. <laughs> it's just really sad. I mean, like, uh, the True. thing that's happening right now is that some of the places that they use for staging uh, for the internment camps back when, you know, the Second World War are now being used to house uh, the Mexican, you know, immigrants right now. Oh, so my it's God. Just like, I mean, it's just like history repeating itself. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. Anyways, on that super sad note, <laughs> Rich, thank you so much. Thanks and, for having uh, me Have a good week, everybody. Thanks. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast once again. I really appreciate your support. If you like the content, please subscribe. Rate of five stars. You can follow me on all platforms on social media at John Kim Comedy. And until next time, have a great fucking week. Fantasize about this back in Chicago. Mercy, mercy me, that mercy a lie go. That's me the first year that I blow high.